Hello and welcome to another edition of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you proudly by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Aaron Hubbard, and joining me, as he frequently does, is my co-host, Jim. Jim Jones. Uh, you know, we haven't really been happy lately with the topic selection and, and honestly the passion we've been getting from Eric and Jesse Yeah. Personal yeah. Arrogance. So we decided as a quality control measure to just, just take this fucking thing over, uh, give the audience what they really want, what they've been clamoring for. we got some hot topics to talk about. Jim, what is going to be your topic today? Uh, I really, so I, I got excited about this because I prepared an exhaustive, in-depth look at Gaming Mice for this episode. Right on. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. How about uh, you? What my, do you have? Yeah, for myself, uh, I've got some uh, really interesting and shocking developments recently in the scene uh, and the sport of competitive pissing. So okay. we we'll talking about the latest approved... Uh, rubber cement that's going to allow you to seal your 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 urethra uh <laughs> and it, it's not been banned by any international pissing doping uh bodies so that's going to be really exciting to talk about you know we could probably also talk about this thing that happened called bipacks oh right right bipacks um uh-huh. so if for, if for people not familiar with it uh Jer- Jesse, Eric, myself, and Jim met over various PAXs, or Penny Arcade Expo, which is a big uh, international video game, board game, any kind of game festival, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we met through podcasting, but we actually met in real life at these conventions. And we were going to the one in Seattle and the one in Boston, and we at one point we went to one in Boston. And I don't even know we went to the show floor. We just holed up in a hotel and played board games the whole weekend. Yep. And we're like, this is really stupid. We could save a lot of money by going to some other, you know, friendlier location other than Boston. Not that there's anything wrong with Boston, but it's a have a long way for the West Coast boys, and you know, uh, there's shorter destinations for us Midwest guys. So uh, we and decided better to, destinations in the middle of winter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we just decided to go to random locations. This last weekend, uh, we went to San Diego, and I was attracted for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it's your old stomping grounds. You, sure. you you spent your formative years and your youth there. Um, Eric went to college at San Diego, so he's very familiar with the area. Uh, it's a reasonably distance drive from some of the rest of the bald move family specifically the bald move or the uh, because show girls uh-huh and uh we're going to get to that a little bit later um uh, plus it's like you know uh it beat the icy hop hell hole we've been living in for the last two months right oh yeah for sure um so let's we'll kind of break it down and talk about what happened day by day uh friday uh pretty much everybody had some kind of travel debacle so we spent a lot of time hanging around the airport, drinking beer at the little bar, waiting for people to show up. Um, I don't remember much about that night and what we did. Do you have any we, recollections? Yeah, we mostly just waited for Levi, who was coming in at like 9 p.m. and then got right. delayed uh, a couple of hours. So uh, we ended up spending most of the night doing that. We picked up some beer, we went back, and we played a couple games. Played uh, Flashpoint, is that the name of it? Yeah, oh yeah, Flashpoint Fire Rescue. And for the first time, we used uh, the advanced rules to play that game. I think the first time for all of us, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we did some grocery shopping. What? What is your... So, 
I think that adding the uh, I think adding the professional rules took the game to a whole other level. For sure, I thought it was almost too easy when we weren't playing with the uh, the harder rules. But yeah. then when we turned on the harder rules, it got a lot harder, and we actually right. weren't able to beat it at all uh, after we turned on those rules. Yeah, and just for you, if you people don't know, I guess we should we should talk about this uh, like it, you know not take for granted. People know what we're talking about. But Flashpoint Fire or Flashpoint Fire Rescue is a board game that simulates you being on a crew of firefighters that are trying to uh, save uh, several victims from a fire. And there's a really cool mechanic where you rant, you roll two pair of dice, and that gives you coordinates where fires start each round. And uh, you also have um, points of interest, which are like these blue question marks. And you have to get to them to reveal whether they're a victim or whether they're just a false alarm. Or whether and, they're a cat. Or whether they're a cat, yeah. You have, you have cats and dogs, um, and then you have several people. The chief advantage of the cats or dogs is that they don't have any movement penalties because you don't have to carry their ass out. Uh, whereas unconscious victims, you move at half speed uh, to, to drag them to the e- uh, exits. But it's really cool because you can, you know, you've got, you can, you can move and you can fight fires and there's specialists like, you know, the pumper truck operator that can operate like a water cannon that can mm-hmm. hose off huge areas of the house, but he can't really rescue anybody. Uh, there's a lot of trade-offs like that, like a hazmat specialist that can remove uh, dangerous hazardous materials that could explode. But he yeah, takes he, he busts into a room, he grabs the gas, and he drinks it down. He, he's swiped decided. He just basically ingests these <laughs> toxic substances because else, or he shoves them up his ass. He somehow renders them chemically inert. Uh, uh-huh. But he can't. He can't save a life or fight fires uh, for for saving a life. Basically, so uh-huh. you got that really cool balance, and it's it's also one of the very rare games we played is just completely cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody. I mean, we're all trying to beat the the damn board. Um, and yeah, it plays and very Pandemic quickly. is one of my favorite games, which is also like that. For some reason, the guys don't like Pandemic. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know, why. know why. It's a good game. Uh, every time we played it, we played with very strong personality types that would like if someone. Would, I, I've heard that there's a lot of quarterbacking. That mm-hmm. if you got like one or two outspoken people, the others just become their vassals. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but you know we've always had pretty strong personality types, and that's not been the case for us. But it's similar, but. The, the charm of Flashpoint is it plays quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine the game win or lose going up beyond more than 30 minutes. Sure. Whereas Pandemic absolutely can. Some of the others that we played, like, oh, God, um, the Call of Cthulhu. What is that? Arkham, Arkham Asylum or Arkham Horror? <laughs> Arkham Horror? Yeah, that'll take uh, four to eight. Yeah, that takes time. In fact, we it never even hit our table this weekend. We just didn't have time to play it. Uh, but mm-hmm. we played that. We played Flashpoint to the wee hours in the morning. And, uh, you know, we stayed up like 2 or 3 in the morning, which was up to 5 o'clock our time, and we were ready to pass out. Um, the t- so, so we went to bed. That closes out Friday. Saturday was mainly uh, demoing the boys' board games. Uh, Levi G- uh, Jetty, uh, who you might uh, know better as Levi Jeans, he's occasional Rocky Mountain correspondent for personal arrogance. He invent he's uh, devised a board game called Fuel, and uh, Eric has devised a board game called Fearsome Critters: Colon The Ballad of Flapjack Swede. Yep. And uh, we played that one first. Let's talk about it first. What 
how would you describe this board game? Oh boy. Um, so it has a board building mechanic similar to uh, like a Carcassonne or something. Yeah. Um, but you're placing tiles, which you can then like move to later on. Yeah, like you're uh, you're exploring and revealing terrain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it actually feels a lot like um, ah, there's a space game that's a lot like that that I played recently that we wanted to play this time but didn't have. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. It, so there's that mechanic, and uh, I actually thought the game was really cool. Uh, uh-huh. And and I mean the art on it is great <laughs> for sure. Uh, Eric's really good at that stuff. So it, yeah, uh, I mean, it looked like a finished product game. It played yeah. like a game that has only been play tested a handful of times. Sure, and um, I mean that's part of it, right? We were there to play test it, so like w- we were talking about like what worked, what didn't work, and coming up with new ideas, and like he was tweaking it as we were playing. So that was pretty cool. right. And I felt like that the the mechanics of the game were really solid. They just mm-hmm. needed to be like the individual. Uh, so, so you run these platoons of woodland creatures, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere from like a puma or a, a Kodiak bear down to like chipmunks and barn owls and things of that nature. And each each faction of animal they have he has them um, uh, he has them basically uh, cut down into like uh, talon, paw, uh, claw, fang, stuff like that. Um, but the way these mix together, you basically field uh, teams of seven, which is that's kind of like a personal arrogance trademark, their whole uh, fantasy bowl, like who would you pick for this? Well, you get to mm-hmm. do that in real life. You know, you can have a platoon with a chipmunk that's, you know, kind of manipulating the initiative a little bit. Uh, you've got a, a yak who's like a ha- heavy tank. You've got a grizzly bear that's doing like major damage. And you basically... Uh, tr- go around trying to establish forts and defend forts. Mm-hmm. Um, and each each uh, card or critter has uh, some special abilities, which we right. found out can turn into si- kind of some broken mechanics because Jordy managed to just break the battle mechanic completely and destroy right. everyone. <laughs> yeah, Jordy's like the silent partner involved move. I don't know that he's ever been on a po- podcast, but he's at every single one of the meetings. Uh-huh. Uh, meetups and they call him the uh, you've heard him referred to him as the M- the MVP of life uh-huh. and once again he just intuitively stumbled upon a murderer's row of critters <laughs> that no one could I mean he he would just win battles straight off straight off and that's why I think that the 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 play testing is going to be important there because the game was certainly fun and it looked amazing but uh, you're going to have to find those killer combos and uh, either nerf them or bring some of the others up to scratch because man, it just, he just had an unanswerable <laughs> lineup. It seemed like. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to say about the flapjack Swede? No, let's talk about, uh, Levi's game a little bit. Uh, okay. Uh, so Levi's game is a game called fuel and it is set in a post-apocalyptic era where people are like Mad Max style racing, blood racing for fun and profit. And, and, um, it's interesting because I th- I feel like the Levi's mechanics um were really really solid. Yeah, and they were um, pretty uh, innovative too. I haven't seen a lot of mechanics like that in other games. But unlike Eric's, where it felt like the wind conditions and everything was there, just needed play testing. I felt like the the weakness of Le- uh, Levi's game is that the wind condition is kind of nebulous. 
Um, in okay. fact, I don't know. Maybe it's each game would be fun just as a single race, and you can determine kind of like Blood Bowl team manager style. Like, you know, you can make a race custom length anywhere from four lengths or three lengths to seven or eight or whatever, instead of having like, you know, the winner having to win a set number of races. I mean, you could always have that like a, uh, a campaign style, um, uh-huh. you know, to, to take up a whole evening. But I thought the game played uh, very, very quickly, too. I mean, so you basically pick a car. And you've got driver, you got driver cards, and you can pick up the two. One of them is your driver, and one of them is your passenger. And they all have special skills and abilities, and they have differing amounts of fuel and ammo, which is mm-hmm. like the primary currency of the game, I guess you'd call it. Then there's a little bit of draft flavor, because you like draft these mechanical parts, um, and you pass them around, and everyone gets to pick one, kind of like snake style. So the first guy gets to pick the first one, which presumably is the best part. It goes all the way around the table and then in reverse. So the last guy gets the, the last pick, but he also gets the best one. Um, yeah. And you can outfit. Each car has like six slots, like one for the hood, one for the trunk, one for the roof. Um, and you can mount like different armor, uh, different weapons facing forward and rear, upgrade your engine so you can get higher speed. Um, and these all have a pretty big and subtle effect uh, on the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe... So that's kind of like the setup. How would you describe the core mechanic? Uh, so you have a couple of different uh, stats, I guess, that are going to determine who goes first and who's winning. Uh, so you have your speed, which is kind of an initiative to uh, tell who's going to go first that turn to play their actions. Uh, and then you also have uh, position, which determines who's going to win the point at the end of that round. Uh-huh. Um, so, so there's there's kind of like it's a subtle distinction, I think, between those two, but it makes a lot of sense once you start playing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I, I liked it a lot, um, and and it felt like maybe there's a little tweaking that needs to be done. And, and this is very early stage for Levi, I think. I believe it was the first time it ever got played, period. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually amazed, because you and I have made It played a really well now. for the first time. Yeah, yeah, nothing that we've ever made has ever remotely played that well in the first time. <laughs> Not even close, no. So it's kind of, and, and you can tell that like they've been kicking this around for, I mean, Levi's been kicking around this for years. Uh-huh. And, and I feel like, it's weird because like Eric's game could go on Kickstarter right now and make $50,000, mm-hmm. just because it's got awesome art and all that stuff. Uh, Levi's game is like a couple graphic design uh, polishes away from doing the same and being like a really, really awesome. I mean, the other thing is the the cost on these. You know, uh, Eric's looks like it's like a typical fantasy flight, fifty, sixty dollar investment. I can see Levi's coming in as like a citadel, like you know, fifteen mm-hmm. to twenty dollars, and sure. uh, they're both they're both super fun in different ways. And I've never seen, I mean, they had both had some really inventive mechanics. I thought Eric's, especially in the, like the, the, the round initiation, uh, initiative type of manipulation was really cool. Yeah. Um, and Levi's just in, like you said, the positional versus speed versus ammo and fuel and how that all worked together, uh, was very innovative and, and cool. I was honestly, yeah. I was kind of dreading that because anytime you, you, you have a friend, it's like, hey, try this. You know, I've been working on it. It's like, oh, God, what if it's not fun? Uh-huh. But I thought both of them were certainly I would have played them more. I would have played them more if we had time. 
Sure, but we had a lot of other stuff to do on Saturday. Do we want to talk about going to the beach? <laughs> that, that was a whole lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so my whole goal, uh, if I, 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 is I wanted to get in the water. And people are like, oh, it's going to be too cold. I'm like, fuck you. I've, I've yeah, swam in Lake... Yeah, that's the thing about this weekend. It like Literally the only weekend it has ever rained in San Diego, and we chose that weekend to go. And it was monsoon the whole time. Like it, 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 The sun came out for like 45 minutes this day. And we're like, the hell of it, we're going to go to the beach. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wasn't afraid of the cold. The cold certainly was not a problem for me anyway. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, I've, I've been in Lake Michigan in, in March where the water's so cold it hurts your extremities. <laughs> and you, like, can't take anything but shallow breaths. This is manageable once you got in. Um, yeah. And the waves are really cool. Like, the waves, you know, there's a strong undertow and it's a lot of fun to crash and surf. And there's some boogie boards that we had fun with. Uh, but then... <laughs> well, that's the, the thing also. I mean, the, the storm that was brewing there was causing very large waves. I mean, yeah. Pilani was telling me that that is unheard of on that beach, those size of waves and breaking that early and stuff. So Right, right. So we uh, Baywatch pulls up, right? And they're big four by four. <laughs> and they're like, oh, could you guys come out of the water for a bit? And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to fucking make us get out because the waves are too big. This is fucking lame. Because yeah. they do that all the time in the Gulf of Mexico. I swear to God. If the waves get to where you could classify them as fun, the lifeguards will hang out the two double red flags and say you got to stay out of there by order of whatever the water police. Yep. So we were. I was expecting that. We actually got up there, and no, the lifeguard didn't care. He was just saying, "Do you guys know you're swimming in the most polluted part, the most polluted beach in Southern California?" Because uh-huh. apparently there's a, a a giant drainage ditch into the ocean that all of the roads <laughs> drain into. In fact, I guess because San Diego is not used to this much rain, also some of the sewers kind of intermix into this. Uh-huh. So we were yeah, what, basically he used a couple of words. What were they? I think raw sewage. You guys are basically <laughs> swimming in raw sewage. Uh-huh. Uh, he warned us of sinus infections and ear infections and skin infections we might be into. He expressed concern that if we'd need saving, that he didn't really want to get in that water. Uh, he recommended other beaches we could enjoy or even <laughs> moving up this beach about a half a mile. But we were basically swimming in uh, an, an open sewer. Yeah, so, and at this point, I felt like the smartest motherfucker in the world because I had only <laughs> waded in about up to my thighs, whereas you guys right. were fully immersed in the thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were having a good old time. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you were up... You were kind of upwind from everything and up current. We were, yeah, there was like a, a gyre of shit 50 yards uh, south of the beach we were on. Um, uh, and we, just because the way we in, went into the water and the current, we were just above it. So I don't think we got, because none of us, none of us got any weird infections or anything. We immediately got out, took a public shower, and we went home and we vigorously scrubbed. So I think yeah. we were okay. Although I felt bad because, like, I had a little bit of a sore throat. So I was like gargling. <laughs> I was gargling oh, no. the seawater <laughs> and uh, all this other stuff. So that that was an exciting experience. Yeah. All right, um, how about uh, the last thing that happened on Saturday, the meetup? Yeah, we had a meetup. Uh, we meet up, met up with uh, Gerald and Susan Amy from the Cause Show, a uh, frequent contributor of theirs, uh, Pilani, uh, showed up as well. Had two fans, uh, Juan, who came just for the girls, uh, I don't even think he'd heard of us before. And <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris came, who was a, a, a Walking Dead Kickstarter, and he had one of his uh, t He had the T-shirt designed by Eric. Uh, he wore to the meetup, which is really uh, nice, really cool. Got yeah. to chat him up for quite a bit. 
Um, and we met, uh, this all happened at Stone Brewery, the namesake of personal arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the personal arrogance were had, um, and the fresh, you know, right out of the brewery. It's, it's pretty good. Sure. I, I actually tried, tried the oaked, uh, arrogant bastard, which was pretty good. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had a lot of good beers. I had one that was curious. It was this cask ale that had like seven different types of peppers, including one that was like hotter than a ghost pepper. And uh-huh. it sounds like it would be like drinking napalm. It actually wasn't. It had the characteristic kind of flat mouthfeel of a cask ale. Uh, and it was definitely spicy. And yeah, as I was yeah. drinking more and more, I just was, even though I wasn't uncomfortable in the mouth, I was just profusely sweating. <laughs> um, so I had to actually stop. Uh, uh, I had about, you know, 30% of that beer left. I had to stop because it was just making me turn into a swamp monster. Um, <laughs> I think the the favorite beer I had that night was probably the Zombie Love Potion, which is a chocolate pomegranate style beer. Um, I, I can't remember the style of it. Oh, wait a second. It, it wasn't second. very hoppy. Huh? I thought the Zombie Love Potion was the stuff I was drinking, the spicy shit. No, no. Uh, so there was a there was a zombie love potion which was just regular, uh, which was the pomegranate chocolate, and then there was one with uh, some spices. In okay, it. I must have had that one. Yeah, there were two versions of it on the menu. I got the one with okay. all the spices. Okay. Uh, that was really good. I really liked that one. I tried a couple of others, but uh, they do a lot of really hoppy stuff there, and I'm not really a huge fan of the hops, like really hoppy beers, like IPAs and stuff. Right. So uh, and I, I kind of stuck I've, to that one. I've learned to acquire a hot taste, so it didn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, I think that's, and then, so the other thing is, so we were all feeling pretty good. I was, I decided I was going to be the designated driver. Um, so I was probably the only, you, you were also, because the last time one of our traditions is when we get these, we, we tend to make assholes of each of ourselves <laughs> by drinking too much and getting super sick. So we uh-huh. had both kind of said, you know, help us out by not letting us get, sloppy asshole drunk we succeeded i i I did not i didn't i didn't even get really but i and i tried to like on saturday night i tried to get buzzed because we had uh a fifth of vodka and i must have drank a half of that over the course of the evening i never even gotten to the buzz stage it was so weird like i was drinking water i I know i i have no idea how that happened but i had two big glasses of oj and vodka felt nothing I thought of my, because in Ohio, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you buy booze in like a grocery store, which is where we got it, um, Mm -hmm. there, they can only sell like 20% alcohol. So everyone makes a version of booze that's diluted to 20%, which is bullshit. Yeah. Be be on the watch out for that. If it's not a state run Huh? When I hear vodka, I want at least 40%. I know, I know, but and, and but but you you will get taken by surprise. Um, and I thought maybe huh. that was the case, but I looked the next day because we went we went to the sh- store again, and, and I was full strength. So I I don't know. I just huh. uh, being on a different time zone gave me superhuman drinking abilities. <laughs> I guess um, so. It but, was the shit uh, water the day before. <laughs> yes, it was counteracting. You're the toxic Avenger balance. now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, Jerilyn, Amy, and Susan wanted to go dancing. And Eric and Levi, who was really three sheets to the wind, was like all for that. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, that sounds like a good time. I can, I can, I can do that. It's only like four o'clock in the morning my time. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. We drove there, and it was like the trail of fucking tears, only with vomit. Uh, uh, as we got closer <laughs> to the district, we just saw people puking in the street, women wearing <laughs> improbable dresses. 
the music was basically like douche, 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 douchebag, douchebag. And it's like we saw guidos of every nationality and race and creed, but somehow they were all guidos. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so, yeah, we decided, uh, and then Eric started sobering up. He's like, I don't know if I can handle this. And I was already decided that I was probably just going to drop him off because I saw this fight in my future if I stayed here sober. Uh-huh. Uh, so we decided discretion was better part of valor. Uh, the girls gave us a bunch of shit for it, but, uh, we, we took off, uh, really impressed with Amy, Gerilyn and Susan. They're very smart. Uh, uh, very well presented women, uh, had a lot of fun. I mean, this is the first time I've ever met any of them. So that was cool. Very cool. Yeah. I didn't get a chance um, to talk too much to them. I was down, uh, other end of the table talking to Chris a lot. So, right, right. So, uh, anyway, uh, then Sunday, uh, oh, also Saturday was the big Battlestar. We're start. This is starting to run really long, so it we're is. gonna. Uh, Battlestar was your standard uh, night of treachery. Uh, Eric and Levi were the Cylons. I thought they, um, I thought they played it very well. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew Levi was a Cylon from like the first round because he misplayed an opening hand, but. No one else but myself knew that because I was the only other person that could have been the Cylon, and I knew for a fact that I was not. Uh, uh. But you can't. That means nothing in this game. And <laughs> if anything, I think these boys are a little too paranoid. It's like everyone suspects everyone is a fucking Cylon for the entire game. You can't do that. You have to start narrowing it down eventually. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I felt like. Every time I play these guys, it's like everyone is a, takes turns accusing everyone of being a Cylon. Uh <laughs> And as a fe- as a result, the humans are not too effective, and we always end up just eking out a bare victory if we do at all. And in fact, and the humans the humans did win for the record. Yeah, just but, barely. Yeah, it was one of the greatest games I ever played. Uh, trying to think what else uh, we played. Space Alert, but you did not get in on that. Um, yeah. Everyone, I've heard so much about Space Alert. I was super dis- I was super kind of bummed. I'm not even sure it's a fun game. It plays a lot like Robo Rally, only you have a, a, a CD soundtrack that basically tells you when to do certain things. And I thought it was going to be a lot more in, interactive and kind of cinematic, but it just felt like playing fucking Robo Rally, um, only cooperative instead of competitive. Although the way we played it, it, we seemed like we were screwing each other out of things and messing a lot. <laughs> our, our, our spaceship got destroyed like three or four different times in a single game. It was pathetic. Wow. All right, how about um, Sunday? Sunday was the day when we all kind of took off. Uh, some people went out early, some people went out later. Uh, we sat down at the hotel uh, after kind of waking up and cleaning the place up. Uh, we checked out, went to the hotel where you and I were going to stay because we were leaving the next day. Uh-huh. And we played a bunch more games of Flashpoint in the lobby there while we waited for our room. Yep. Uh, that was cool. The house came crashing down on us a couple times. <laughs> yep. We got our asses kicked. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it because everybody left the different parts at the time. Um, I, uh, we did the podcast, but that's here neither here nor there. Um, I'd give the uh, overall trip a two thumbs up. Uh, our Airbnb experience was really amazing this time. Yeah, it was it was cheap and it was nice, and it was We've very had, close to the beach. It was very close to the beach. We had some iffy. We've had some iffy experiences with Airbnb. Uh, but this was really, I mean, it's the perfect place for five to six guys to crash and play board games at all night. And, and if the weather had yep. been nice, uh, it was like a block and a half walk to the beach. 
And I think it was basically like, uh, I want to say like 140 a night, maybe a little, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. But split, you know, five ways, that's nothing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I, I was really pleasantly surprised by how nice of an equipped the kitchen it was. Uh, I mean, you could have slept, uh, more people than we did. Uh, all in all, very, uh, I'd have to go with a thumbs up and Airbnb if, if you, if you know that, especially cause I think Eric knew the area real well. So he's able yeah. to really pick our spot. Um, I, that's about, I mean, unless you want to talk about the French fry stuff burrito experience we had at Eric's uh, favorite, the college drunk eating <laughs> spot. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it. We could talk about that in our first experience with in and out because I'd uh, never had it before. In and out was an eye opener because everybody says that their burger joints, regional burger joints, are the are the best. You hear a lot of shit about Crystal Burgers and they're just glorified <laughs> White Castles and Whataburger, uh, which I don't I, I don't know what the noise is. I have to say, In and Out is probably the best regional chain hamburger I've ever had. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was certainly better. Like, if you're talking about chains and you're talking about fast food, because that's what it is. Yeah. It was definitely better than pretty much anything I've had, uh, like especially five, if you get an animal style, which was awesome. Yep, and and like Five Guys Burgers, I think has a slightly better burger, but they're uh-huh. also a buck or two more expensive, and their fries are bullshit compared. Yeah, and to, I don't think they're as fast either. Oh no, and and these places are on it. Like everybody seems like they give a shit about your uh-huh. order. Uh, the fries are like probably my second favorite outside of McDonald's. Yeah, and the I mean, it's just uh, it, it. Also, was a, it they was have great kind of a se- they have kind of a secret menu too. They will make a lot of different things that they don't actually have on the menu. And uh, I was texting with Pilani, and she was like, "Hey, you need to get a Neapolitan shake or root beer float, things that just aren't on the menu." And I asked them, and they were like, "Yeah, we totally have that." Yeah, the thing is, sometimes overblown because now you can go and get prime rib or steamed vegetables. <laughs> it's like. Uh-huh. Any random combination of ingredients on the board, like they have chili chili fries, so you can get a chili hot dog or a chili burger or probably a chili shake, or they have bread products and cheese, you can get a grilled cheese sandwich. It's not like you can get a lobster tail and filet mignon or anything like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of old school Taco Bell where they just have seven fucking things and they can combine them a million different ways. Yep. All right, I think uh, that's about it. Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next topic, which is competitive mount, uh, uh, gaming mice. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 185 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric the Flaker Walquist, because I flaked out last week. But I'm back this week with my good friend, the wickedly amazing Mr. Jay-Z Savage. Is that, did you mix up J.D. Salinger and Jay-Z and come up with J.V. Salinger? Jay-Z Salvazay. Isn't that how you pronounce your name? Jay-Z Salvazay? Um, yeah. You can also pronounce it Jesse Solid as a Rock Wilson. 
Yeah, but I, I prefer to go with the Americanized version. We are, in, in, in fact, in a country that speaks English, sir. How about Built Ford Tough? <laughs> Built Ford Tough, Jesse Wilson. How was your week, buddy? How was your last two weeks? Uh, yeah, it's been good. Moving into the new place, which has been mm-hmm. very good for my emotional well-being overall. Good. Uh, I mean, it's a chore to move, but yeah. um, the, the labor is worth it in the long run. Hey man, it's re- I, I'm so happy for you. I really want to come up and see your new place. I'm very totally. excited about it's it. Totally, I mean it's your basic apartment fair. But uh, yeah. besides that, though, it hasn't been all great because I got screwed by Amazon. Oh no, screwed by Amazon. What happened? Uh huh. So I was feeling good. I moved into a new place, getting mm-hmm. my s together, right. as they say. So I decided to reward myself. I'm like, I'm gonna buy a Game Boy 2DS because mm. I want one. So I go on Amazon. I buy a Game Boy 2DS. I buy the I buy Pokemon X. Because I got right. in, back into Pokemon, watching Twitch plays Pokemon. And I bought it. Zelda a Link Between Worlds. Wow. So um, that shipped. The game shipped separately from the thing, from the Game Boy. Okay. And I used my uh, Amazon Prime on uh, on the entire order to get mm-hmm. the free two-day shipping. Right. And the game ship, and the Game Boy never ships. And never the shipped. games came in today, and then I go online. It's like, your order hasn't shipped yet. Say what? Yeah, so I had to cancel the order and reorder. Wow. And now I have to wait till Friday. I should be playing Game Boy right now. <laughs> Instead of podcasting. Yeah, well, I can do two things at once. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty unhappy with that. Good. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer, man. So, and no, uh, no customer service from them. Just saying, oh, you I can't reorder. figure out how to even contact their customer service. It like doesn't exist on their website. Really? Yeah, there's like no way to send them an email or anything. That sounds odd to me. Maybe I know. Because like when I, I, you know, I I ordered a Amazon, I ordered a movie through Amazon onto my Roku box, and I had uh, previously gotten a new debit card. And so they didn't have my new credit card, debit card information, and immediately a phone number popped up on the screen, and I called them, and it was resolved in two minutes. What? Yeah. Uh, I I guess I'll I'll I'm gonna look further because I'm getting madder and madder at them. And I spend yeah. money on Prime. No, yeah, that's the thing. It defeats the Prime. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty incensed about that. How have you been? You've uh, been doing, up, just up to no good. Uh, doing up to no goods. Uh, start making trouble in uh, the San Diego neighborhood with my good buddies from the Bald Moon Network. Uh, Aaron and Jim spent the whole weekend with those two fools, and uh, it rained the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, insane rain. And I'm from Seattle, guys. It was insane rain. It was like, she, we were out at, we were out at In-N-Out Burger, cause we ate there twice. Technically had three meals of In-N-Out. <laughs> but, uh, we were at In-N-Out Burger, and we start looking outside, and it's literally coming down, like, in sheets. In and out. Can we just say In and Out is a terrible name <laughs> for a food item? I don't want my food In and Out. That's true. I, I mean, there are, there's a connotation there, but it's also an effort of convenience. And they have John three sixteen on the bottom of all their cups, which oh, cool! It's like um, the Woods Coffee up in Bellingham, Washington. Exactly. I actually blew Gino's mind by or Jim's mind by by showing him that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, yeah, so we were in and out burger and we were uh yeah, there's just crazy rain coming down and I was like, guys, screw you. I'm from Seattle. I'm going to show you how tough I am. And oh, I got choice. And I brought my rain my range my rain shell 
because I knew there was a chance of sprinkles, unlike when I went to New York. And uh, and I go outside, and literally, like, my jeans are completely drenched within three steps. Well, he, And the parking the whole, lot is literally flooding. The whole Seattle rain thing is a bit of a misconception, because right. it actually dumps more just water, like, in oh, yeah. a bunch of different cities, in right. terms of how much water gets dumped. Yeah, Seattle just, is just a constant drizzle for eight months. Right. But we don't get we don't really get those like torrential flash flood rainfalls. Yeah, and this was like flash flood warnings. Apparently, it hadn't rained there in like a year. So anyway, so that that happened, and then <laughs> we were like, screw it. Especially Aaron. He you know he said that like you know he's from the Midwest, the Midwest coast, and he's like, if I'm going to be on the West Coast, I'm going to be this close to the Pacific Coast. And we were four blocks away from Pacific Beach. We got to get in the water. He so, comes to Seattle like every year. Yeah, but you can't get in the water in Seattle. Sure you can. Go to Alki. <laughs> yeah, right. What? It's freaking crazy cold. Oh, it's not that bad. It's insanely cold. It's the same water as in San Diego. It's not the same temperature. It's ba- it's like two degrees <laughs> off. You're totally wrong. But anyway, we so we get down to the beach. There's nobody on the beach. Crazy wind. Pretty big waves. But we're going anyway. And I was pretty drunk at that point. So I get right in the water. We're swimming around. We got a boogie board. We're boogie boarding. You got me. You got Aaron. You got Levi. You got Jordy all in the water. Jim stays on the shore because he's a wuss. There is not a chance I would have gotten in that water. Why? Why would I go in? Why? What's wrong with it? Um, maybe because it's rainy and shitty out and cold. It was actually pretty warm, and the water was was warmer than the air. Yeah, it's still not. I'm with Jim on this one. Anyway, but uh, but you you kind of hit it right on the head with shitty because uh, the lifeguard pulls up and in his truck and he gets on his little loudspeaker and he goes, "Hey guys, can I come talk to you for a minute?" So we like get out there. I get out the water. I go and I like go up to him, and talk to him. He's like total cool, like surfer bro, lifeguard. Like and he's like. Yeah, I just want to let you guys know. Or first thing he says is like, "Where are you? Where are you guys from?" Because <laughs> obviously we weren't from San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> yeah, hardcore. I'm just not a wuss like you. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, "Oh, we're from Washington." He's like, "Oh, it's probably pretty warm for you then." And uh, and then he's like, "How long have you guys been here?" And I was like, "Oh, we got here yesterday." And he's like, "Oh, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but we've, we're having like our first rain in like a year, so." All of the water is like draining off of the streets and like draining down into <laughs> it down like storm drains. And I don't know if you guys could look over there in that cove. See all that brown water? Yeah, you guys are literally swimming in the most polluted place in San Diego right now. <laughs> and uh and apparently, yeah, we were just uh kind of swimming in a bunch of uh he, he actually used the term raw sewage. Well, that's how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles get made, so that's true, and there were four of us. Jim Have you be- noticed any new powers? Uh, not yet, but I think Jim can be Splinter. <laughs> yeah. Since he sta- he only waited in his feet. So anyway, we got out of the ocean, uh, and the rest of the time we just played board games and ate more junk food. But overall, very nice time in San Diego. We were very excited. I played like we played like eight or ten board board games. So. Nice. His hardcore got to meet up with the Bacusho ladies. Uh, got to go to Stone Brewing Company. It was really fun. It was a good trip. So, uh, anyway, that's what I did. Uh, but let's move on to some listener feedback. What do you say? 
Yeah, let's let's get to it. Let's get to it here. Um, so uh, we we ha- like I said, we haven't recorded in two weeks. So we have a few listener feedbacks coming in, um, and uh, I'm trying to trying to see what we haven't put on here because we have so many. Um, let's let's read this one. Uh, this one comes from uh, oh god, Deermid, Deermid. He says, "I've been meaning to write for months ever since Pax Prime 2013. I started listening about a year ago." And I heard about you guys, uh, from the gents from the Bald Move Network. I'm Irish and there isn't a big, big board game community over here. Uh, I felt, I first learned of Arkham Horror from you guys and it has climbed to be one of my all time favorites. That's so awesome. Uh, so thanks for the gaming talk and all the good advice. I actually made it to Seattle for PAX this year. Fortunately, I couldn't make it to the Lovecraft pub, pub crawl. On your recommendations, I did take in a Mariners game and a brewery tour of Ballard to name a few. Uh, from listening to the show, it seems like I'm not the only Irishman who tunes into Arrogance. You guys are picking up a following here. Just want to say thanks for all the tips on homebrewing, uh, video and board games, and for entertaining me on the way to work every week. It shouldn't be personal arrogance without the sign-off, so stay arrogant and get off my back. Dear Mid, P.S. One thing I learned from PAX, nobody in Seattle can pronounce my name. Just stick with D. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks, Dearmid. I'm, I'm excited about this, um, about this Irish presence that we're Yeah, I know. Our first, uh, live show will be in the county of Cork. Yeah, here's Roger. Good evening, gentlemen. Roger Dodsey here, your Oscar correspondent. Not sure if Dennis Kleinbeck is going to give his across the pond opinions on the movies this year, but I'll give you mine. Now, It's been a little bit difficult this year because of the new baby. Uh, Well, I say new. He's eight months old now. Jesse, you know what I'm talking about. It's difficult to see movies. But as I told you guys last year, every year we do our Oscar movie weekend with my in-laws. And Sarah and I were able to trade off. And I've ended up now at this point... Uh, there's only three of the movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Nebraska, which I'm actually going to see tomorrow, so darn you guys for not recording on Wednesdays anymore. Uh, we're going to, and I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, and I have not seen Philomena. Now, quick rundown of the other ones. Number one, Gravity. My choice to win. I don't know if it will win, but it was not only my favorite, it affected me on an emotional level. You guys saw it, you did your review, I won't spend too much time on it, but it was fantastic. And Quaron better win director because what he accomplished was just amazing. Number two, American Hustle. This was my most disappointing movie Oscar movie of the year. It was the one I was most excited about. I really liked David O. Russell. I really love Jennifer Lawrence. I love all the actors. Uh, they all did a great job, but I just wasn't feeling it as much as I was hoping to. It didn't affect me on an emo- on a deep emotional level like the others did. S- next, we have Captain Phillips. This was my biggest surprise movie in terms of how great it was and how much I was not expecting it to be as great as it was. And I know this act best best actor field this year is just really good but Tom Hanks got chipped the last few scenes he's in acting at its peak and the movie was good it was gripping great great film next Dallas Buyers Club 
fantastic movie. Another movie that I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of. McConaughey needs to win Best Actor. Um, he did a fantastic job. He's killing it over on HBO's True Detective as well. Great show. Another high, high recommendation. Um, but Dallas Buyers Club taught me a lot. It affected me. And it was very, very good. 12 Years a Slave. Also, a very, very good, well-thought-out, passionate movie with great actors. Um, it made me... It, it hit me. It made me cry. It was very, very good. At the same time, I feel like it was not too original. It needed to be done, but it didn't feel new, if that makes sense. Even though it hasn't been done, slavery hasn't been done quite like that. Great film. Next, Her. Oh, my goodness. This movie was everything I wanted it to be. And a little bit more. It was a lot funnier than I was expecting. And it was a, it was more emotional than I was expecting. I actually did expect a lot out of this. So it wasn't that surprising how much I liked it. But I was surprised by how funny I found it. How charming I found it. And how well Joaquin did. Another jip for not getting picked to be best actor. Fantastic. Very, a very touching movie. And... Last but not... Is that it? Let's see. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, Philomena, Gravity, American Hustle, Captain Phillips. <sighs> if I'm forgetting one, I apologize, and my coverage isn't complete, but I'm not doing the list in front of me right now. Um, so, anyway, hope everyone enjoys the Oscars this week. If you can, get out there and see these films. This is one of the strongest groups of films we've had recently. It's fantastic. Everyone go out and see all of them. They all I'm not kidding. They all affected me this year. Except American Hustle didn't. But it was still a really good movie to watch. So my high arrogant recommendation is go see these freaking movies. Try to see them before Sunday. If you can't see them before Sunday, go see them after Sunday. Because whether or not they win or lose... It's not going to matter. They're still going to be great. So, anyway, sorry for my long Oscar rant, but it's kind of my thing. I'm, I love doing it, love talking about it. Very, very good this year, and I'm excited to see Ellen. She's pretty awesome, too. So, hope everyone enjoys the Oscars. If you don't like the Oscars and you don't like movies, I'm really sorry I wasted the past <laughs> five and a half minutes of your life. But get off of my back! Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. Have a good one, buddy. By the way, uh, coming up soon on the Bald Move uh, Network, Roger's commute cast where he walks and drives to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love I it. Like a, I like it. I like the walk cast. I love the walk cast. It's it's the brisk hustle. You can hear the wind. You can hear the heavy breathing. The walking cast. The walking cast. So let's see. You know, he did pretty well. He he picked uh, uh, Alfonso Cuarón for best directing. One. He picked Matthew McConaughey for best uh, acting. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave won best uh, <laughs> best acting. I want best acting. Best actor. Best acting in a lead role. Uh. But yeah, I, uh, I was I was overall very uh, excited about the Oscars. I know you are, Jesse, because you watch all of these movies. Mm, I got that Oscar Oscar bug. <laughs> Call me Oscar the Grouch because I was living in a 
trash can full of celebs. <laughs> Taking a selfie. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we did get, uh, one more, uh, we got, oh, we got a couple more ones. Uh, Joseph wrote in talking about Beer Fest, Jesse. He's going to be going to his first Beer Fest. What should he expect? Um, is that all that there is in the email? Yeah, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Uh, well, expect a bunch of drunk people drinking beer. <laughs> I mean, what would you expect? Well, I, I think that there are a couple things with Beer Fest. And so one thing that I got with the Strange Brew is that, like, you go, it'll be a little expensive, but then everybody will be drunk. Yeah, Beer Fest can be kind of pricey. Kind of pricey for what you Think you're of it like going to a concert or something, except instead of listening to music, you're drinking beer. Yeah, although, like, I kind of want to go to a regular beer fest, because Strange Brew Fest, all the beers are just weird, and half of them are pretty gross. Dude, yeah, no, don't judge off of Strange Brew. Okay. I can probably get you a ticket for free to um, Father's Day Fest, which uh-huh. is, like, the biggest one in Washington. It's three days, it's all ages, it's at Marymore Park. Okay. So, uh, if if you come and pour a little bit one day, yeah, and then you can just work with me, and it'll be fun. Let's so. do it, dude. And I, then, I think you would really enjoy that. And what uh, he also wants to know, Joseph also wants to know, what is a firkin, and is it worth trying? Yeah, it's worth trying. It's a type of cask uh, used for cask conditioned ales. So it's it's kind of like an old school piece of equipment. Cool. Do the firkin, uh, firkin on your jerkin. Don't do that. No, like a jerkin as in a medieval shirt. Oh. <laughs> a buff jerkin. <laughs> that would be great, like, if that was your coat of arms. Yeah. It was a firkin, and then your knights have firkins on their jerkins. <laughs> exactly. All right, you've brought me around on this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then finally, we got an email from Australia, Jesse. Oh. And uh, this one comes to us from our good buddy Ben in Australia. Breaking down all of the teams of the Australia Football League. Right. Now, this is Yeah, Aussie rules football is what he's talking about. Because we're talking about how to pick a team, so he gave us a synopsis of each team. Every team. And uh, so I'm just going to read some of my favorites here, and then we'll narrow down what the the personal area twin is. First of all, Adelaide Crows. Uh, Love Adelaide, love the Crows. Love both, first and last. Yeah, or... uh Gold level listener D Candish is from Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide is actually one of our most highest highest listening cities in the world. Sweet. Uh good on ya. Good on ya, Adelaide. It says uh the pride of South Australia. It's too bad that both it's too bad that South Australia is Bogan territory. Is are Bogans like rednecks? Bogans are it's basically a one to one translation of rednecks. Okay, Bogan territory. So I'm something of a red uh, like I could I could be a bogan by Australians. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Bogans are a little more intense than rednecks. <laughs> yeah, you're def. I would definitely categorize you as a redneck, Jesse. I I'm, I have redneck traits. Yeah, you live in a hippie town. Uh, it's like hippie, but I'm also like really close to redneck territory. <laughs> he says uh, so. Their pride isn't worth too much. They've got a big, big Tex Walker though. He has an exquisite mullet, so that makes him bearable. Love that. Yeah. Um, of course, we got the Collingwood Magpies. He says, sorry, Jesse, the Magpies are the most hated team well, in Australia. Team. Think Dallas Cowboys, but probably more hated. They're the biggest club in the AFL, supporter-wise and money-wise. If you don't hate them, you love them. They're a strong team that is constantly threatening and is a contender each year. They're also quite young, 
so have a positive future. Notable player is Dane Swan, a late-round pick that is a little chubby, tattooed, and one of the best players in the game. Is this game? Does this game even need athletes or just like huge, huge meatheads? No, it's uh, the meathead sport is rugby. Oh, okay. <laughs> Aussie rules is definitely more athletic. All right. But I, I, I gotta say, like, if there was an Australian that was just like ape shit about the, uh, the Cowboys, like, right. someone from not America who loved the Cowboys, I would be kind of into that. <laughs> I'd be like, that's crazy, and I like it. This one's got one of my favorite names, the Fremantle Dockers. Says, <laughs> thing that I love about this is I just imagine him playing in khaki pants. The- yeah. <laughs> So the losing team of last year's grand final, they're definitely in the mix for next few years and are chasing their first ever premiership. They play very defensive football, which isn't the most exciting, but gets the job done. They have the most hated slash annoying players in the game in small forward Hayden Ballantyne, comparable to Richard Sherman. This sounds like they're the Seahawks. They're like the t- 2012 Seahawks yeah, of the AFL. this could be your team. This could be the team this year You said year you wanted a all. West Coast team. Are they from the West Coast? Free, Fremantle, right? Yeah. Yeah, Fremantle's West Coast. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like near Perth. All right. I think this might be your team. I think that is my team. I'm looking down all these. Like, I feel like that's the Seahawks of the, of the AFL. So I'm going to go with the Dockers. You're still, you're, you're hanging with the Magpies? Yeah, man, I just love, I love my pies. I love my meat pies. I love my magpies. Yeah. I mean, Adelaide Crow sounds cool too, but, uh, I think I gotta go with the Dockers. I need to get a Dockers jersey. <laughs> All right. It's that's, khaki. It's, it's just pleated and khaki, <laughs> wrinkle proof. Uh, <laughs> All right, Jesse, let's go ahead and move on to a little tiny, tiny mat roll off. Get this show rolling here. Uh, we're each going to roll 20 sided dice. So you get to speak first on the podcast this week. Um, and away we go. Oh. What'd you roll? Uh, I've, oh, here we go. I forgot to roll real quick. I got an 11. Yeah, I got a three. All right. All right, so what are we doing this week? Well, I'm going to kick things off with a little bit of science. Woo! If today we're able to create two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. So a virus that has been locked in the icy plains of Siberia for over 30,000 years has been revivified Mm -hmm. in a laboratory. Yeah. So Scientists in a lab in France have thought out and revived an ancient virus found in the Siberian permafrost, making it infectious again for the first time in 30,000 years. <laughs> Great news. The giant virus, which is cool. It's not even a small it's virus. It's a giant virus. The giant virus, known as uh, Pythavorius sibiricum, was discovered about 100 feet deep in coastal tundra. The pathogen infects tiny amoebas, simple one-celled organisms. <laughs> so, do we have amoebas in our bodies? I'm sure we do. Is this going to kill us all? I don't think so. Okay. 
I think we unlocked like an ancient virus uh-huh. that only attacks ancient things. <laughs> yeah, there's no way we could have mutated into that uh, over. <laughs> so they say it isn't dangerous to humans, but its reanimation raises questions about what else might be lurking under the ice. Say the French and Russian team that brought it back to life. Wow, French and Russians working together. Yeah, I know. Napoleon's rolling in his grave. <laughs> the revival of such an ancestral amoeba-infecting virus suggests that the thawing of permafrost, either from global warming or industrial exploitation of circumpolar regions, might not be exempt from future threats to human or animal health, the science writes. Jeepers. So, yeah, we got ancient viruses being reawoken. This sounds like a movie plot. This well, sounds like a bad movie plot. I don't even know if it's a bad movie plot, dude. I mean, we've all been looking for this zombie source, right? Mm. Like, all we need is a new sickness. And, like, you know, it goes along with the whole global warming thing as the ice caps melt and as uh, the permafrost defrosts, mm. uh, it releases viruses. And then from the north... Uh, zombified humans come down because they've already used my uh, cordyceps idea in in The Last of Us. So we need to move on to a new uh, zombie right. uh, so origin story. It imply that that would imply that there was a uh, a zombie outbreak thirty thousand years ago or something. Mm. So maybe that's what mummies were. Maybe that's what happened in the Neanderthals. Oh, they because in okay. One, I do love that. That's what happens to the Neanderthal. Right. But two, I think we can work Neanderthals and mummies both into this because mummies, <laughs> they remove the organs, right? They take your heart, they right. take your liver, they mm-hmm. take your lungs, but they scramble up and destroy the brain. <laughs> they didn't keep the oh brain. Oh, God, dude. That's so, why. Yeah, and that's why. Mm-hmm. The they amoeba, were... the the virus affects the amoebas in your brain because we all know there's like right. hella amoebas in your brain. Hella amoebas, and those get infected and they turn you into a zombie. And the Egyptians, you know, in the the first uh, historical um, societies on Earth were already grappling with these, yeah. and they it got locked away because of the Ice Age. And that's how they would kill them, is they would they would kill them and then they would scramble their brains as a precaution. Yeah, exactly. And it infected, they knew that the dead would rise. And it infected the royal families. Mm, King Tut went down like this. Right. <laughs> love it. I also love how it, if it like originates, and that's why like zombies or I'm sorry, that's why uh Neanderthals have like a different bone structure but share a lot of DNA with humans is because they were like mutated by this virus. Ooh, and they were like, I like that. Cr- they were like, yeah, they that's were like, why they cr- like felt no pain. So yeah, basically, like that's why the Neanderthals are have different bone structures because they're like mutated Cro-Magnons. And I love the idea of a Cro-Magnon zombie movie with zero dialogue. <laughs> There's, <laughs> well, like, no, the Cro-Magnons can speak. It's the, uh, yeah, it's the Neanderthals that can't. Well, they don't speak that English. Is, that's hotly debated. Uh, <laughs> but it sells that mystery of what happened to the An- Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. We need our hero, though, so maybe our hero could be like Osiris, and he ends up being mm. this, like, uh, proto-god type of figure, because he's the oh, first hero. I kind of love this, is that, like, it the the movie takes place in ancient, um, in ancient Egypt. Uh-huh. But then they speak of lore of this virus uh, occurring in in generations past and then there's a flashback to the you know the alps 
and right. Cro-Magnon's I coming love over. This. It supports the out-of-Europe theory that I have been pitching for years. Yeah. The anthropologists have just been shutting it down. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the virus originated in Europe. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And, and uh, Osiris has to travel north. Right. Through, and, like, ancient Italy. Yeah, exactly. And somewhere along the way, he founds the Roman Empire. Yeah. And then the last scene of the movie is like... Oh, he could have a sidekick, a Neanderthal sidekick named Romulus. <laughs> no, he meets these two travelers called Romulus and Remus as they, uh, mm-hmm, as they walk, yeah, as, as he goes on his trek and they, and they, uh, they're like, we know this land better than anyone. Yeah. They team up with them and they're great fighters. Yeah. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they were like, the legend has it that they were raised by wolves. Yeah, exactly. They're it, all hairy and shit. It all works, man. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then the last scene of the movie, you see like the, this like frozen CGI virus. And then it starts to move. So not a real one? A CGI one? No, like a CGI one. And it like starts okay. to move. And then it's like zoom out and then you're in dirt. And then, and then like a shovel goes into the dirt. Ah, and this guy shovels up. it. And then it's like a dude in like modern clothing. Yes. Coming out of the permafrost. Well, you're welcome for that one. Yeah. Hollywood. Next year, next year's Oscars. <laughs> yeah. We are available for screenwriting credits. Do we do we have a name for this? Hmm. Names are the hardest part, right? They are the hardest part. I I don't know. Um, I like permafrost, although that that's kind of on the head, and it doesn't really talk about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll think get, about it. I'm sure it'll be named by the end of the podcast. Oh man, I love it. Maybe dude. the listeners can help us, like they helped settle the. Woodrow Wilson versus Wilson 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 debate. We they did. I actually need to bring that back up. Do you have any more science news? Uh no, that's it. Okay, well, uh we do need to bring up last week we di- or two weeks ago we did our Wilson versus Wilson versus Wilson versus Wilson versus Wilson versus Wilson, etc. bracket. And uh Jesse and I narrowed it down to two finalists. Uh people with the likes of uh Wilson the volleyball uh, uh, Russell Wilson, Owen Wilson, and even our very own Jesse Wilson did not even make the cut. The last two finalists in the Wilson bracket were Wilson, Wilson, Wilson from Home Improvement and Woodrow Wilson from the presidency in the 19-teens. Uh, we, we put it to you guys and overwhelmingly a landslide victory for Mr. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson from Home Improvement. He is the definitive personal arrogance greatest Wilson of all time. Yeah. Jesse, thoughts? Well, you know, um, the numbers don't lie. So. Three W's go. and a million votes. Wilson, Wilson, <laughs> Wilson. So yeah. there you go. We really appreciate that. If you disagree, there were a lot of the comments about like Wilson the volleyball and stuff, but frankly, uh, Wilson, 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 he owns our hearts. Yeah. You know, so. And he owns the uh, Wilson trophy. He does own Which the Wilson. Which is, it looks suspiciously like a Lombardi trophy, except with a giant <laughs> W instead of a football. I thought that the Wilson trophy was just Wilson the volleyball, and that's why he couldn't <laughs> win, because he can't win himself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He would never be able to possess himself. That's true. All right. Well, uh, my first topic this week is actually going to have to do with TV and movies. Do you know what nemesis means? 
right. Well, we got a really good uh, topic suggestion from one of our listeners last week. This one comes to us from Leland Darby. Uh, and he said, he, he put this to us. He says, the WWE network launched on Monday. If you could build a 24 hour TV network around a subject that doesn't already have its own network, what would it cover? And what would you name it? Now, I think it's pretty obvious what we would name it. It would be the Personal Arrogance Network or PAN, uh, which really opens it up to critics if we have any bad shows. PAN, panned by critics. <laughs> but uh, I figure, you know, we'll, we'll build this from the ground up, Jesse. Yeah. Our, our very own TV network. I, this is one of the things that I got to do. And one of the things I, I regularly get to do when I go on vacation is watch trashy cable TV because I don't have cable here at my apartment in Seattle. Um, so that includes things like, uh, I, have you seen Amish Mafia? I have. That's so weird. It is one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life. Cause then. it's all fake. It's yeah. like all scripted. It's a hundred percent fake. It's like, <laughs> like Aaron had never seen it. Jim had never seen it. And Aaron was flabbergasted. You know, this guy literally reviews the best that TV has to offer. And he was like, I don't understand a show. Like, why do people watch this? Like, we should probably do a counterpoint to the rest of the bald move network shows. <laughs> that's called like bottom of the barrel where we just watch the worst shows i will uh put it to the listeners of uh, both our show and of the bald move network that the second show ever covered by aaron and jim was in fact the jersey shore jersey shore yeah i don't think either of them were actually on that podcast though really yeah with someone else oh well it was the second tv show of the bald move network was the jersey shore cast yeah that's true um but uh, have you seen the You've seen Breaking Amish, though. I haven't seen Breaking that Amish. That one's actually good. Wow. Well, like that the... one's real. That's about um, Amish kids on their rump springer. Yeah. See, that makes sense. Yeah, that one's actually good. This is just a bunch of people who can't act working off of scripts that are written by like a seventh seventh grader. You gotta rig that uh, buggy race, Josiah. <laughs> Ain't gonna do it. In this episode, they went down to the Tennessee Amish and then burned a house that they were all living in. <laughs> and Aaron was like, did they just commit arson on a reality show? And I was like, it's not real, man. Yeah, none of it's real. Um, and then, I, so I watched that and I also watched this one. I think it's called Treehouse Masters about people who build tree houses about my dream career when i was in second grade dude this guy lives in fall city washington this is uh, hq we need to get him on the on the cast i know he seems like a fun guy i watched three episodes of it so anyway uh it's always nice to binge watch some cable jesse but first of all we have to figure out because you know like many tv networks once we start up we're gonna have to do a fair amount of syndication uh, much yeah, like, Judge Judy nonstop. Okay, good. Because you got to get like trashy syndication, like G4 did with... Uh, cheaters. Yeah, Cheaters and Cops was yeah. basically 90% of G4. I don't know if it still is or not. but uh, So Judge Judy for sure. Oh, yeah. That, that's my girl. Judge Judy, Judge Joe Brown, Judge Alex. <laughs> Those are all my favorite judges. <laughs> the Judgment Block. Yeah, Jesse's judgment block. I love it. And then I will be, like, I'll be the bug in the corner. Yeah. 
and I just comment on it, per, uh, like Mystery Science Theater style. Love it. I will be working for 18 hours a day, but I think it'll be worth it. Yeah, you know, it, you, owning a new owning your own TV network is not a uh, it, it it is a thankless task, but it's something that you gotta you know. If God, gonna... I would make such a good TV judge. <laughs> I've never even thought about this before, but I would judge Jesse. Jesse's judgment. I like Judge Jesse. Yeah, Judge Jesse works. I would be. Have there great. never been any other Judge Jessies? No. Oh. I love Judge Jesse. Right after Judge Judy. Yeah, exactly. Once Judge Judy retires, Judge yeah. Jesse will step in. Mm-hmm. And then I see. I like the idea of like having rotating lawyers, so you could well, have it's like small claims. There's no lawyers. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't matter. Oh no! This is how we ramp it up. Yeah, we do medium claims court. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not. It's all start. It's all small claims court, but they like you know they like pay the people to be on the show, and then they just take it out of whatever they pay them. Oh right, but I mean, there's no lawyers. Yeah, but that's what we could do. Is we could have celebrity like, a rolling lawyers. lawyer team, much like the old what was it? Beat the Geek on Comedy Central. How they have yeah, like rolling geeks. Show. Yeah, Let's indicate that. Yeah, we could we put Beat the Geek on there. No, no, no. What I think we do is we get the casts of like, um world's dumbest you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's it's like we got danny bonaducci we mm-hmm. got patrice o'neill rest in peace we got kathy griffin we got michael ian black yeah everybody who's on those vh1 shows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. those will be th- and you get to choose your lawyer yeah and then the rest of them who aren't who don't get chosen uh they're the jury oh perfect yeah, Judge Jesse. Judge Jesse. <laughs> I just want to have a guy named Barrister Bobby, who's a British lawyer slash cop. <laughs> That's pretty good. Barrister Bobby. And then he- I can... I could sick him on you with this nightstick. <laughs> yeah, that no, that'll be the bailiff. Bailiff Barrister Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the barrister wig yeah, under like, a bobby what are cap. You? Yeah, under a bobby cap. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> all right, so we got Judge Jesse in the Judge Jesse block. <laughs> yeah. What are all the other judges that are going to be on there? Uh, Judge Alex, Judge Joe Brown, Judge Mathis, and Judge Judy. There you go. Judge Joe Brown's my favorite, actually. Really? Uh huh. He's really good, and uh, he has a quote that'll be gl- laser etched in my brain until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Which is, crack ain't about getting high; it's about trying to die. yeah there you go yeah so that's pretty good that's the type of wisdom you can expect during the judge jesse justice block love it okay uh what what other shows should we syndicate the venture brothers okay venture brothers for sure you think of fraser oh yeah definitely fraser i think we do like tgif block (laughs) just straight up tgif syndicated block tgif redux and family matters will ease you into it because right. it's also kind of justice because he's a cop. That's true. I love it. No, I, I, I so let's build our own TGIF. We can like reclaim the TGIF moniker because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's in the public domain. <laughs> um, so we should definitely. They got start- sued by uh, 
the restaurant establishment is actually why they ha- went off the air with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, I think we, I think we definitely need to lead it off with Family Matters for sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, I was I, a big step by step guy. I feel like there's I room like step for by step, too. step by step to come back. I like it, and I'm thinking about throwing in another one that wasn't in the TJF block, which is the home of Wilson 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 Home Improvement. Oh, totally. That right. is timeless. I, Eric, listen to this. Oh my god! How many times did my dad do that? My dad had a my dad had a Home Improvement crew neck sweatshirt <laughs> with just the logo get? on it. In a pre-internet world, where do you even get that? I'm pretty sure he bought it at Sears. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, it might have come free with like a tool. Yeah, <laughs> I know it came with him. So, <laughs> da 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 da. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. That's also another thing that my dad said all the time. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, home improvement's got to be in there, and then I think it finished it off with Fraser. So that's your TGIF block. That's a pretty good block. It's it's always Friday on the Personal Arrogance yeah, Network. Every night TGIF <laughs> on Personal Arrogance TV. Okay, now we get some. Now we have to get some original programming. Yeah, this is where it gets a little tough. I'm thinking something like board game, uh, like tabletop, but like commented commentated by poker mm-hmm. announcers so almost like uh celebrity poker but for board games yeah celebrity poker but for board games and there's real money involved right yeah fifty thousand dollar Catan tournament every night every single night and it's regular joe's playing against neil patrick harris and <laughs> that dude from chips and andrew luck is there andrew luck is definitely there and he always wins yeah. Just on lucky dice rolls. It's not fair. It's really not fair, Why guys. Why does he get all the breaks? <laughs> it's in the name, baby. Wasn't that a good Andrew Luck impersonation I just that, said? That's a really good one. Uh, Yeah, I, dude, this network, man. And I, I would love to have Jeopardy reruns during the day. We got to think like daytime programming. I think game show reruns are good. I'm thinking Beat the Geek, Jeopardy... <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll re-air last night's Jeopardy, yeah. but at, uh, like, 6.30. <laughs> so we'll just edge out regular Jeopardy. I kind of love it. That way the really old people will just watch Dude, ours. Every night, 7 o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, there's nothing on TV, because I I hate Wheel of Fortune, dude. I love Wheel, man. I, I love it. the Wheel. I, the thing I hate about Wheel of Fortune is that you can be as dumb as a rock... And win like fifty-seven thousand dollars worth of cash and prizes on Wheel of Fortune. You won fifty-seven thousand dollars in cash and prizes, and then if you do smash cut to the end of Jeopardy, yeah, of like geniuses winning like twelve grand. (laughs) Our champion tonight took home twenty-five (laughs) hundred dollars. Took home one dollar, but gets to come back tomorrow (laughs) to go through the trudgery again. She's on a four-game winning spree streak with a grand total of $7,801. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nancy from Pacific Beach, California, just won $98,000 in cash and prizes <laughs> on Wheel of Fortune by pulling a card that happens to say, you win like everything. So what? That's why I like it. <laughs> I'm a working man. You're an egghead. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think we do Jeopardy. I think we do Beat the Geek. I think we do Win Ben Sides Money. 
Oh, man. With it, Yeah, but the Jimmy Kimmel royalties would be huge. I don't know. I feel like the syndication royalties. We're fine, dude. We got money flowing, dude. This is the Bald Move Network. That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when Ben Stein's money, sure, you, you don't have to pay Ben Stein that much, but Jimmy oh. Kimmel was on that show. That's true, man. Jimmy so that's where it gets Kimmel. expensive. And then you round it off with, uh, I don't know, Price is Right. Family Feud. Old Family Feuds. <laughs> Where the guy used to make out with every chick yeah. on the show. Ma- family Feud make out. It, all it is is a block 30 minutes of the dude making out with women. <laughs> it's, it's really gross. <laughs> it is super disgusting. Well, I think this is a pretty good network. Yeah, I mean, we've we've already done like six hours of the day, so let's just repeat that four times and we're done. Yeah, done. Cash let's, those checks, Let's man. kick back and light some uh, cigars with $100 bills. Get that head-on money. Love it. Um, so Apply yeah. directly to the bank account. <laughs> if you have any ideas for the Personal Arrogance Network, please send them to us, personalarrogance at gmail dot com or leave us a voicemail three six zero three six two zero zero two four jesse let's do some trivia what do you say yeah let's all right we're gonna be doing genius one a trivial pursuit uh, i'm gonna be rolling a six-sided dice see which category we do this week and it is a three once again it is history and just like every time we do history category i remind everyone that bat jesse has a bachelor's degree in history okay they, uh, revoked, they revoked it they revoked it twice uh, Jesse, who was the most decorated U- U.S. soldier of World War II? That'd be Audie Murphy, motherfucker. Is that his full name? Uh, yes. Audie Murphy. Oh. I thought the uh, MF was the, was the suffix to that. Uh, I'm gonna... Oh, oh, I see what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It that is. Was, that was the joke. Apparently it landed with a thud. Uh, yeah, it blew up like a, a panzer when Audie Murphy was done with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it, Audie Murphy. That's good, man. Nice job. Uh, this question's for me. What was Boston resident Albert DeSalvo, also known as... I'm going to go with... Uh, God. Paul Revere. <laughs> I'll go with the son of Sam? The Boston Strangler. You were in the <sighs> right... Uh, you were in the right I was vein. geographically closer. <laughs> you were... Yeah. I'm pretty sure son of Sam was in California. I don't know. Not sure. I knew a killer. Um, this one's for you, Jesse. What Norwegian was the United Nations first secretary general? Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not going to get it. I'll go with that Boutros Boutros guy. I'm going to go with Sven Olofsson. <laughs> that's racist. His name was Trive, Trygvlai. Uh, T-R-Y-G-V-E. That, that's the same name as that Irish guy who wrote in, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then this one's for me. I needed to tie. What gangster couple was riddled with 104 bullets? I'm going to oh, go. Oh, come on. Ronnie and Clyde. Come on. What? I'll say uh, Lucky Luciano and company. <laughs> that was the name of his review. Uh, I got it right. Bonnie and Clyde. That means we're moving on to a geography tiebreaker. Whoever is geographically closest to the answer will win this week. Jesse, what countries? Does the Mont Blanc Tunnel join? Um, it's got to be France and uh, Switzerland, because it can't be Montenegro. That would be opposites. I'm going to go with... Uh, 
I'm going to go with France and Austria. That's a long tunnel. God damn it. France and Italy. Oh, I get it. I get I it. I believe you got it. Yeah. I should have said France and Italy. I would have said <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you should have, because that was the correct yeah. answer. <laughs> if I would have said that, I would have won. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesse. Well, that means you win everything this week. So what's your Seco Topo? Okay, I'm trying out a new topic that I call Wilson's Rapid Fire. Wilson's Rapid Fire. So uh, I got I got three uh, topics here that I'm going to throw out, and we can mm-hmm. just discuss them and move on. And dis- they're di- they're fully disposable, like a paper plate. We can just throw them in the campfire if we want. I just came up with an idea for a new game show. <laughs> yeah, Wilson's Rapid Fire. No, it's called Wilson's. Is it worse than a punch in the face? Where people <laughs> literally have to choose between doing something like a Fear Factor esque stunt. Or getting punched in the face by a professional boxer. <laughs> oh, man. Hosted by Joe Rogan. Hosted, definitely hosted by Joe Rogan. I did also watch Fear Factor in my uh, call, in my cable binge watching this weekend. God, that would be a good one. Yeah. You could opt out by taking a punch, punch in the, the face. face. That'd be such a liability. <laughs> no, they'll put the mask on them and stuff. And they, um, and they fall into a, like a ball pit. That'd be awesome. Okay. Anyway, Jesse's rapid fire. Let's do it. All right. So the Los Angeles City Council voted on Tuesday to ban the use of electronic cigarettes, also known as vaping, yeah. from restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and other public spaces in the nation's second largest city. Yeah. I public heard about health this. experts fear that vaping, which has recently gained popularity among teens and young adults, may serve as a gateway to smoking for the uninitiated. <sighs> How do you feel about this? I was down there, dude, and people were chatting us up in SoCal. I'm not trying to br- I'm not trying to be political on this issue, but I don't understand what the hubbub's about. I, I for the most part don't get it because I've seen the e-cigarettes. That it's yeah. just like someone's uh, sucking on like Harry Potter's wand or something. Yeah, it's like it's literally no risk of secondhand smoke. Doesn't smell and also doesn't have the toxic effects of cigarettes. I but here's the other thing when I was when I was way cooler than you and I was in Hawaii right uh, <laughs> I was at a kind of brewing company and this guy had like the volcano mm-hmm. which is like a vaping e-cig thing and this thing let off like it it was like a white snake uh fog machine concert <laughs> f- amount of smoke every time you use it it was ridiculous he was like fogging up an entire area of the outside eating zone well that's kind of that's a that's a public nuisance but yeah the other part about this is that businesses could already ban this and they they can already ban this we when we were sitting in in and out they were banning e-cigarettes they had signs to say no cigarettes in in and out yeah i don't know i just don't see what the hubbub is i I say leave it up to the establishment i feel the same way about smoking though well i smoking is another thing because it poses a health risk to the people who work in the establishment yeah it's an assumed risk when you decide to take that job yeah but like come on you take plenty of assumed risks when you when you take a job and in any other job those assumed risks are covered by labor and industry Mm, that's a good point that doesn't happen when you get lung cancer from secondhand smoke because you were a waitress in a bar Okay, then I I feel like extend L and I to cover that, or just 
I, I actually like the idea of not having to worry about smelling like cigarettes after going out for a night out in in Washington. Well, you do get to choose to go on the night out. <laughs> Too many choices! <laughs> so critics uh, point to potential harm posed from secondhand vapor, saying too little is known about the effects of chemicals oh. contained in the cartridges. Then do a study! <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. A New <laughs> Jersey judge denies a teen honor student's request for emergency funds in a, stu- uh, a suit against parents. Yeah. Rachel uh, Canning, 18, won't get $650 weekly child support or payment of her private high school tuition from estranged parents, Sean and Elizabeth Canning, yeah. a judge decided to say. Yeah, do you hear about, do you like read the whole thing? Uh, it's basically, cray-cray. they kicked her out and um, yeah. she sued for expenses. Well, she moved in with her friend, whose dad was a lawyer, and then he probably was like, hey, you should sue them. Yeah, dad of the year right there. <laughs> Did you also hear that uh, what happened in the case? No. Judge threw it out in the first day. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did hear that. Threw it out right away. Yeah. So, I don't know, like... I feel like there's a lot of breakdowns here and I'm not, tr- I don't want to, I don't want to cast judgment on anybody. Uh, but this family has some stuff to work out in my opinion. <laughs> no kidding. And like, I don't think anybody's blameless in this situation <laughs> to get, to let it get to this point. But she's also dumb. Like, think about what a dumb dumb you were when you were 17, like compared to now. I was pretty smart and like, I was actually brilliant. <laughs> Well, you were. That's why we were friends. <laughs> uh, and I'm, and I've been wondering what's happened ever since. Uh, but no, like, that's the thing. Like, you think back to when you're, when you're in high school, you think you're really smart. You think you're doing a lot of really intelligent things, but you're basically just a dumb dumb trying to figure out how to be an adult. Uh, yeah, that's true. But when, yeah. In my case, when the when the parents like actually laid the smackdown on anything with me, I I buckled immediately. Oh yeah, no, totally, me too. <laughs> and so there's obviously some, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to cast blame on anything. I think that there's probably some kind of, uh, I I think that there's probably plenty of blame to go around in this situation. And I don't want to put all the burden on the girl because there's plenty of things that have probably led her to this point where thinking something like this is okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And, yeah, I can understand getting kicked out and being like, hang on, I can't survive. Yeah, well, that's why they kick you out, right? Yeah, to make you realize that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm also not condoning that as a parenting uh, technique. And that's why you sue. Yeah, you just sue your parents, because this is America, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, anyone can sue anyone for anything. That's true. Um, Can Radio Shack be saved, Eric? Radio Shack mm. announced today it will close up to 1,100 underperforming stores. The news came as part of the company's release of its fourth quarter results for 2013, which included a loss of $191.4 million on sales um, dar- down sharply from last year. Uh, same store <laughs> sales dropped 19%. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so... Radio Shack is floundering, and they're going to close 1,100 stores. And I wonder if maybe one of them won't be the Radio Shack here in Port Townsend, uh-huh. which uh, has decided to uh, 
allow the owner's cat to live there in a giant cat tower. <laughs> Which seems weird for an electronics store where I go to buy my electronics and don't want cat hairs and everything. Well, then you shouldn't have shopped at Radio Shack. Actually, the cat in every store was a marketing technique that was implemented last year. A chicken in every pot, a uh, Game Boy in every Christmas stocking, and yep. a cat in every Radio Shack. <laughs> they, actually... they thought about calling it, renaming it Cat in a Shack, yeah. but then uh, Walt yeah. Disney sued, because well, Walt Disney owns... God, Cat in the Hat guy, what's his name? Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Which they don't. <laughs> NBC Universal owns the movie rights to Dr. Seuss. Anywho. Anyway. Uh, who goes to a Radio Shack anymore? That's Well, I go to Radio Shack because I'm a podcaster. And if That's I need true. A I go adapter, there to buy, like, my, uh, like, the pins. Yeah. If you need, I, like, a weird adapter for your mixing board, they definitely have it. I went there to buy batteries, uh-huh. and they didn't have any name brand batteries. No, they don't. All they had was Enercell. <laughs> and I bought the brick of Enercell batteries, and they suck. So that's like a cross between Energizer and Duracell? Yeah. It was either, they had two brands. They had Enercell and Duragizer. <laughs> don't do the Duragizers. Yeah. I read the product reviews that said never buy Duragizer. So I went, I did the smart thing and bought Enercell. I actually buy nothing but IKEA batteries now. Yeah, but. well, you live in the big city where you have an IKEA. It's true. No, this is a this is the thing about uh, about Radio Shack is like they just spent two million dollars on a Super Bowl ad, right? I just think that like the electronic store in general is bad, and I can't believe that like if you asked me in 1999 what would be around longer, Radio Shack or Blockbuster Video, like Radio Shack is one. It's like the last. It's the last grasp from like the eighties. Like it's, it's just totally holding true. on so hard. It's like that and TCBY treats. Yeah, TCBY, like <laughs> like uh, Lamonts. I mean, there's so many stores from the eighties, and Radio Shack is the last one. It's so, the last bastion of the eighties. It's the co- it's the cockroach of the eighties, and it's just uh, sitting there. They made nuked. they made their nut selling cassette players for a thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. And they're still living off those profits. And now they're selling uh, headphone splitters to podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, honestly, I I love the idea of Radio Shack. Every time I go in there, it's like going into a foreign country. <laughs> I like that it's there. Yeah, I like that it's there. It's it gives me a little a sense of comfort. It's like, do I need a microphone cable? No. But if I did, I yeah. could get one. You could get one. A Radio Shack brand microphone cable. <laughs> I've actually bought a microphone at Radio Shack in, within the last three years. Yeah. Like, an emer- if you need an emergency microphone, they're there. It's for like true. 20 bucks. So, you know, like, the indie bands, you know... Like, garage bands must rely on the Radio Shack, too, right? Yeah, must. What happens when the Radio Shack disappears? I don't know, because Best Buy also just got rid of their music section. Obviously, Amazon Prime can't be counted on. Unless you get the drone top, van top mm. thing. Yeah, so their drone... On- <laughs> they never shipped a drone to me, so... <laughs> if, you're on, if you're on a tour bus, you gotta get the, the, the <laughs> van top drone landing pad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> People will come out and just grab grab whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, Honestly, I'd be sad to see it go, but uh, but it is a relic, man. 
It's a relic of a story. Okay, so that was Jesse Wilson's Rapid Fire. All right, and then this week I'm going to talk about cheese news. Cheese Cheese. news. Oh, sorry, Jesse. Yours was your cheese was much better than mine. Don't be sorry. All right. I was. I thought that you know, in tandem is best. It is. Uh, This one comes to us from Europe. It says Europe tells U.S. to lay off brie. And get its own cheese names. Oh, uh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. So this one comes... This is, this is the same bullshit as brewing, where people are like, mm-hmm. uh, you can't call it a lambic if it's not made in Belgium. Fuck you. <laughs> yes, I can. I can make a lambic anywhere. I can make it in my bathtub if I want to. This is, a, I mean, this is, this goes, this is like a long naming tradition. Like, honestly, like, you're not supposed to call something a champagne unless it's from the champagne region of France. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but at the same time, fuck you. Yeah. I don't care. It's a sham. And we have our own stupid traditions here where it's like, it's not a, it's not bourbon if it's not made in Kentucky. Right. So I could take the same barrels and the same water and the same grain and the same equipment and literally transplant the entire distillery to Washington State and do with everything. <laughs> take the same distiller, everything exactly the same, and it's not a bourbon because it geographically wasn't produced there. No, screw you, screw off. That's stupid <laughs> well this is what they're saying apparently this is a serious question between the u.s u.s and european union which has said it wants u.s food makers to stop using european names no nope. for cheese not gonna happen this means that popular cheeses like gruyere brie and parmesan could all be in line for name change thanks to the new eu's proposed ex- uh, restrictions <laughs> <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. Like a cheese is a cheese, man. And guess what? This is the best. This is like good for your tourism too. Like mm-hmm. if 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 there are cheese makers in America making good cheeses and then using your region on there, right? Slapping it on there, and then people start to like it. Like, hey, I like brie. Where does that name come from? Oh, it's a region of France. That might be a fun place to go visit, and then we can do a cheese tour. <laughs> uh, what are we going to call it? Like Bremerton? Exactly. Well, this is, and this and this, Jesse. Obviously, they need some help here. Uh, this is really interesting. So, like, uh, a similar thing happened a few years ago. Apparently, a couple of years ago, a free trade ag- agreement between the European Union and South Korea banned the sale of U.S. feta, Asiago, Gar- Gorgonzola, and Fortina cheese in korea so like they could basically put these restrictions so i don't think these cheese names are going to change within the united states i think they would change on cheese that we export to other countries if this thing goes through oh yeah still like guess what gorgonzola no one knows about you ever (laughs) no one's ever heard of you outside of this cheese thing so you want to shut down basically any mention of your city ever <laughs> so no one will ever hear about it and ever go there you're isolating yourself not to mention dude this is another thing and i'm not trying to get too freedom eagle on this but apparently last year the u.s became the largest single country exporter of cheese in the world so Love we are the, we are the cheese masters we are the cheese makers and cheese masters right. and if you 
are going to try and get like all protectionist on it, you're going to get yourself out. You're going to litigate yourself out of relevance. Says Judge Jesse. So, exactly. This is this is some Jesse Justice coming on you right now. This is open and shut Jesse Justice. Because, like, okay, we can't call it Gorgonzola anymore. We come up with another name, and we can make it just as good, and we can make it cheaper. Guess what? There's no more Gorgonzola ever. No one's ever heard about it in a generation ever, because it doesn't exist anymore. This could also impact cheeses like Swiss cheese, <laughs> according to this article. <laughs> yeah. Swiss now cheese. We, now we have to call it Vermont cheese or something. That's what I'm saying. So, but I, guess what? Like, if we can't call it Swiss cheese anymore, then we, there's no more Swiss cheese. Exactly. Then it'll be like the Wendy's girl will be like, mm, get a pretzel bun and get some Vermont cheese on it. It's better than the Swiss. Screw those euros. Mmm, <laughs> tastes right. fresh. So if we got to change our cheese names, obviously they're, they're going to need some help changing these names, Jesse. So I'm going to. Put a couple things to you. I just want to do some free association. So I'm going to tell you what the cheese name is. I'm going to tell you, describe the cheese to you, and then you just free associate a name to it, okay? okay. Are you okay, okay with this? I'm, I'm just is, buzzed enough for this to work. Is your mind clear? Uh, except for the Amazon thing, yes. Okay, cool. First up, Gorgonzola cheese. It is a veined Italian blue cheese made from unskimmed cow's milk. It can be buttery or firm, crumbly, and quite salty. With a bite from its blue veining, mm. I call I call it a uh, crumble blue, and then in parentheses red white. Also, there you go, freedom cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here, Gouda cheese. I need to type in Gouda to Wikipedia. Okay, Gouda cheese. The cheese is named after the city of Gouda. In the Netherlands, it is a Dutch yellow cheese made from cow's milk. The cheese, uh, it's the cheese's name is not protected. Apparently, it is one of the most popular cheeses worldwide. The name is used today as a general form of variety of similar cheese produced in the international Dutch manner as well as Dutch original. Lots of Dutch going on here. It's, it's a soft yellow cheese made from cow's milk. Gouda. Okay. All right, my cheese. I'm calling it even better. Nice. You Some think- cheese is Gouda. Mine's even better. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we're going to finish it up here with Havarti cheese. Havarti cheese, or cream Havarti, is a semi-soft Danish cow's milk cheese. It is a table cheese that can be sliced, grilled, or melted. In 1952, Havarti cheese was named after the Havartifsgard in Overod, north of Copenhagen, <laughs> Uh, where the owner, Hom Nielsen, had developed modern cheesemaking in Danish agriculture during the last half of the 19th century. Havarti was, however, not introduced in Denmark until approximately 1920. Havarti is made like most cheeses, introducing rennet to milk to cause curdling. Havarti cheese, Jesse. Calling it a creamy table. Love it. So anyway... We have a lot of European fans here. Maybe the Europeans, I feel like the Europeans might be up on these cheese varieties a little more. <laughs> if we have to rename these cheeses, we're going to have to submit some names. Guess so, what? Also, guess what? What's up? European Union, you don't get to call it American cheese anymore. Yeah, that's right, dude. That's our cheese. I'm pretty that's sure. That's our key, but that. Pr- I, know that I know that big cheese mongers over there are making American cheese because it's so popular. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you don't get that anymore. I'm actually pretty sure. Uh, let's let's read. 
After looking at all of these Wikipedia pages for European cheeses, looking at the Wikipedia page for American cheese is the like most depressing thing ever. <laughs> Since American cheese is one type of processed cheese, it can be orange, <laughs> yellow, or white in color. It is mild and faintly sweet in flavor. It has medium firm consistency and a very, very low melting point. All the other ones had these beautiful pictures Delicious. of the cheese wrapped in different wrappings <laughs> and crumbling on toast. This has two <laughs> flaccid orange slices wrapped in plastic sitting on a black table. You know what's better than a, a good rind on a cheese is plastic wrapping. I know, because sometimes you forget to take it off and then you melt it into the, your grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-mm. And that's an adventure. Uh, so anyway, man, cheese, man, right? Yeah, I like cheese. I like cheese and charcuterie a lot. But I'm, I'm just cheese. saying, like these pr- protectionist things. I mean, no. how far do you go with this? No, it comes up, like you said, it comes up all the time. It comes up. It's come up in wine, and and it's now, and it's come up in beer and cheese. It's like all of these specialty markets. Guess what? You've created a legacy, and it's it's. It speaks for itself. I mean, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, as they say. Well, and the thing, like this Havarti cheese, the Havarti cheese wasn't even made in the Havarti city in in the in Denmark. It was made in Finland. They just named it Havarti cheese. Yeah, take that, Danes. Yeah, take that, Lego makers. <laughs> All right, speed skaters. So we're gonna get to the no, the, that's the Netherlands. Oh. The Dutch and the Danes. It's hard. The Netherlands have three different names for their country. Oh, they God, can't decide. I'm so confused. They can't decide. Well, Vladimir Putin will settle this oh, all Jesus. for us soon. It'll oh, all be uh, neo-Russia. Well, speaking of which, we will get to the space Facebook Roundup very soon. But before we do, I want to tell you about the Bald Move Network. Uh, right now up on the Bald Move Network, there is the complete Season 2 House of Cards uh, recap. Be sure to check that out. Also, Walking Dead is happening right now. Um, so, uh, be a part of that. Uh, you have the instant casts and the weekly casts on that. Mad Men and Game of Thrones will be coming up very, very soon. So keep your ear to the ground for those shows. Of course, we've got Up Yours Downstairs covering Downton Abbey. That is on there as well. And the Because Show. I got to meet all three of the Because Show ladies this weekend. They know how to party and we don't. They what? What do you mean? <laughs> they went out dancing. And I was like, you know, I like to dance. I want to go out dancing. We get to downtown San Diego, where all the clubs are. There's like this strip down in the Gaslamp District of all the clubs, and like we're 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 kind of rolling slowly through there because traffic is really bad. We can't find a parking spot, and uh, but we really want to hang out with the Because Show ladies, and uh, and like we're walking down the street, and there's a bunch of like 22 year olds. There was like this dude vomiting and swallowing it back in his mouth, back and forth. Probably a marine stumbling around and like, uh, and just like, it was just it, it was a, it was a shit show. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron and we so we couldn't find a parking spot, and I, and I was like, all right, guys, I don't know. And Aaron's like, I'll drop you off if you really want to be dropped off, and you can find your way back. And I just go. Well, and he's like, all right, I'm taking you home. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there's like, no way. That that's I either a yes or a no. If you don't give me a yes or a no on that question, I'm taking you home. <laughs> so we went home and then played Battlestar Galactica, the board game, and it was awesome. That is way better choice. Partying but, is stupid. Well, it's not stupid. Like, I like to have fun, but like that was just too much. And this is just me getting old. 
Well, you know what's fun is partying where you're where it's not a hassle. Yeah, exactly. It's but like partying is not worth a hassle to yeah, me. Yeah. But I I don't even know like maybe, I'm not old because or this is me being old and the the Bacusha ladies are much younger at heart than I am because they went out and they partied like crazy. They were having a great time. They were posting stuff on Facebook. I kind of wish I had gone out, but unfortunately, it just it just didn't work out. But the yeah. the Bacusha ladies down in Los Angeles, they have an awesome podcast. Check it out if you haven't already. Um, and that's on ballmove.com as well. If you I was could, there, I bet we would have partied. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you and me, dude, we're like Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> Except in, a little more pathetic. In flannel shirts and, and brewery caps. Yes. Speaking of which, I did get a Stone Brewing Company cap. So, oh, cool. very happy about that. That's pretty um, rare. I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then you can always get in touch with us. Uh, personal arrogance at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at personal podcast. You can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. We are on Facebook. We are at the Bald Move Facebook page. We are also at the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You can also tell a friend. If you can't do any of that, just tell a friend about us. Stick your earbud in their ear and then listen together as you hold hands. Jesse, tell them about our new Amazon thing. Yeah, so um, despite what I said, Amazon is actually pretty awesome most of the time. <laughs> so we set up an Amazon affiliate account, which means if you uh, click through our Amazon link, which is posted on our Facebook page, uh, every time you purchase something on Amazon, we get 4% of that. So uh, if enough of you guys do that, because you're using Amazon anyway, it translates to money for us and we can help uh, fund the podcast so right. uh yeah it's on our facebook page i'm periodically just posting the link to our amazon thing and i'm using it as kind of an opportunity to recommend things that i actually like like last time i linked to the venture brothers season one dvd and uh, if you follow that link anything you buy on amazon we get four percent of so uh, it doesn't cost you a cent extra. You're shopping on Amazon anyway, and you get to help support the podcast that we're doing and providing content for you for free. So it's That's a win-win-win. It. Yeah, and we're actually, all of the material items that we're going to be uh, recommending at the end of the show will be available as recos on our Facebook page through our Amazon affiliate link. So Exactly. So look for those. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, there is the Bald Move affiliate Link as well on baldmove.com. So but we don't get any of that money. So we don't get any of that money. But that supports that. the yeah, that supports they, the, the overlords. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, Jesse, let's move on to the Facebook roundup. Each week we post on Facebook. Say we're recording tonight. You tell us what to talk about. First of all, Russia, man. Jesse, break this uh, break this thing down from a historical perspective of what's happening in Russia right now. Well, it's interesting. Um, Russia, the the Crimean Peninsula was the center of international news on a on a war making front back in uh, 160 years ago during the Crimean War, when <laughs> England, France, and the Ottoman Empire were battling the Russians for control over Crimea uh, because it was a big port city, which it still is, which is why Russia wants it now. So the Russians kind of just walked in and we're like hey do something about it and it kind of doesn't look like the world's going to do anything about it so i actually think they're going to get away with this one it sucks they're totally uh denying the sovereignty of a nation but i think that they're going to get away with it 
the really interesting part of this to me is that uh, Russia's doing this on the idea that that uh, or you know there's there's a pretext before this that Russia is doing this because uh, the leader that they were aligned with was ousted and so they're kind of taking over and whatever because because their guy was ousted but if you look at it it's almost like they're just using this as an attack of opportunity by saying okay well the country is in a transition period so let's move in really quick before it gets fully transitioned yeah it was and if you look back you know crimea was part of russia until the mid 50s So, I mean, it's historically part of Russia, but, I mean, the, it's a fluc- constantly fluctuating boundary between Ukraine and Russia, and ethnic Ukrainians don't identify as Russian, and I, I read that only about 23% of people in the Crimea region want to be part of Russia. Like, they're not gangbusters to be Russians, yeah. to be part of that nation. So, it's crazy, man. It really does, it has a spooky, crazy, weird potential to ignite a tinderbox that I feel um, exists. There's this weird energy, I think, nationwide in the air, and it, it has the potential to really turn into something totally destructive and horrible, and I just hope that that doesn't happen. But at the same time, I don't think that the nation of Ukraine should be forced to give up half of its land to Russia, so I don't know. It's, it's a re- it's a really weird situation. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I just hope um I hope it's peaceful. I mean, yeah. we don't want war in Ukraine. That's bad. That's really bad. Um anyway, uh, uh Angela or Aaron says Russell Wilson at Rangers training spring at Rangers spring training couldn't hate this more. I guess I'm a Rangers fan now. Oh my god! Are you oh serious? man, I love the Texas Rangers. They're my favorite MLB team. <laughs> major, major baseball league. Yeah, I love that national ML- baseball. NBL. Yeah. Uh, god, it it just hurts, man. This is like if Tom Brady played for the Yankees in spring training. It's it is weird that. Yeah. Russell Wilson is agreeing to do this because I mean he's a- aware that yeah, this but this division is all, rival. It's all just promotional. He's just going out for the workout. He did a couple of interviews. Yeah, like, but it's all still, promotional. It's a slap in the face to Seattle. It absolutely is. Like I really think I it put this in my mind where I'm thinking like, okay, so what if I was watching a Mariners game and Russell Wilson came up to bat for the Rangers? Would I cheer for him or would I boo him? I would cheer for him because the Rangers are my favorite team now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like this is like traitorous. Like you it, can't. It, it totally is. Yeah, it's like, and it, it, he doesn't have any control over the team that drafts him. Texas drafted him for a publicity. But he doesn't stunt. have to do anything. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and I know that he wants to play baseball, but dude, like this whole thing just stinks to high heaven, man. You, th- this is your city. You want a Super Bowl in this city. Don't betray it like this. Yeah, you might think that it stinks to high heaven, but what I'm saying, Eric, is come on over to the Texas Rangers side. Oh my! With God. me and my best friend Russell Wilson. Yeah, you and A Rod and Russell Wilson. Yeah, A Rod's my second favorite player. There you go. <laughs> Matt says, "Are you go- you guys are the same age as I am? So I'm wondering if you've gotten to the point." Where you no longer know about the cool new music that comes out. I swear I'd never become that old guy. 
I'm only 29, but the stuff kids are listening to today is over my head. It either sounds like crap or seems to disappear after being popular for a month. Much of the last statement alone makes me sound like a dad. Oh, God. It's actually happening. I'm getting old. Well, I'm an old dad. Yep. But I still listen to, like, K-U-B-E and mm-hmm. uh, The End. So I feel like I, I keep kind of up to date. Like, I know about... Those are popular uh, radio stations in, in Seattle, by the way. Lord? I feel like Lord is pretty modern, right? Pretty popular with the kids. I don't and, know. Like, bare hands? I can just drop a little bare hands and be like, yeah, I'm still hip. You're already over my head. All right. <laughs> Rolo Tomasi says, uh, how did Jesse's bail hearing go? Apparently people thought you got thrown in jail last week, and that's why we couldn't do the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, I think the bail hearing went well. I I, <laughs> I pitched my idea to the judge about Jesse's justice, right. so that went over pretty well. As a judicial consultant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up next, we got Jonathan. Dogs or cats? I think it's pretty Dogs. easy. Dogs. Uh, Josh says, I'm loving Stuff You Should Know. Great record, Jesse. Get a good lawyer. <laughs> I don't need to get a lawyer. Right. I'm going to represent myself. <laughs> and I'm just saying, how can it be driving under the influence when I was riding a horse? <laughs> Come on. I mean, the horse was a designated driver. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Jay says, should there be, should the NFL add another playoff team? What do you think about this? No. I say Playoffs no, are well. perfect the way they are. I agree. Uh, Andrew Late says, selfies, Jesse. You got any selfie tips? What? Selfies. Like the monster in magic cards? Exactly. Yeah. Make a selfie deck. There you go. Selfie decks. Hard to beat. Yeah. And then finally, Mark says, I second the Russia-Ukraine thing and third it. I think we covered that territory. Bam, bam, and a thank you, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks so much for getting in touch with us this week. We're going to move on to our recos. Jesse, what's your first reco? <clears throat> hey, uh, Rosavina Pottery on Etsy. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to support the podcast, you want to support me. Because let's... I'm not kidding you, man. Like, I need to start making a buck off this thing, or it's going to be the Eric Walkwist only show. And everybody wants that. It could be a good show. But one mm-hmm. way to do that is to go to Etsy and go to Rose Avena, R-O-S-E-A-V-E-N-A, and buy some of my wife's sweet pottery. There you go. She just pulled some stuff out of the kiln, and I was like, this is the best batch yet, for sure. You guys are Her doing, glazing is phenomenal. You guys got homebrew beer and homebrew pottery. Yeah, I know. We're like, we we have like two of the most ancient professions on <laughs> earth. Well, there is an older one, Jesse. Well, you know, if I don't start making money off the podcast, <laughs> I'm going to resort to that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my first record this week is going to be Lost. It is on Netflix, and I started rewatching it. Damn, that's a good show. Like, no, it's not. It's not a good show. Have you watched it? Yes, I watched like for three seasons as like when it was new, mm-hmm. and it sucked. And I was like, "This show sucks." This show is ten years old at this point, and it holds up in my opinion hard. Mm-hmm. I like it, man. I feel like the the pilot episode of this show is one of the best pilot episodes I've seen. 
Like, I love the dialogue. I love what's happening. It's really interesting. It's really engaging. Yeah, but then it goes nowhere because everyone figured out what it was in the first season. And they're like, oh, it's totally not purgatory. And then, oh, spoiler alert, 10 years old series. Yes, it is. Well, it's not necessarily purgatory, Jesse. Oh, so they never answered it? No, they never answered it. What a great series. (laughs) No ending or closure. Anyway, I like it, and this is my recommendation, so I recommend Lost. What's your second record? Click through our Amazon link to the complete box set. Exactly. What's your second? Yeah, you really sold it, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) What's your second record? Okay, so it's a 30 for 30 called Jordan Rides the Bus. Have you seen this one? Is that the one where he goes to play baseball? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Really good. Yeah. Really good documentary about Michael Jordan quit uh, basketball after his father was murdered. Mm-hmm. And, and also he after to... he was semi-disciplined by the league for gambling. Yeah, they yeah they don't really get into that too much in yeah. this documentary. They kind of say that's bogus. Yeah. Because it's kind of like a conspiracy theory thing. Anywho, <laughs> so he goes and he decides to play baseball because that's what his dad always wanted him to do. And it's about him competing in, uh, and you know, trying to become a baseball player. And he actually got pretty good at it. Mm, that's super Com- debatable. Mm, well, according to this documentary, he was getting pretty good at it. And then the player strike happened. But the point is, I was watching this and I was like, I don't hate baseball. Yay! I hate Major League Baseball. <laughs> I think the MLB is a really, really stupid league. Yeah. And I totally disagree with the way that they decide that teams can be put together and stuff. Well, I, but I, I, I like yeah. the sport of baseball. No, I think that it's the most ridiculous league in the way that they don't have any salary caps. There has to be a cap. You can't just buy every good player. Well, it's a double whammy for the owners because there's no salary cap and guaranteed contracts. So as soon as the guy signs the contract, you have to pay him all the money whether he plays or not. No other league does that. Like if you In football, you could sign the biggest contract. There is a guaranteed portion of that contract, but if you stop paying, playing, they have, they get to stop paying you. In right. baseball, you can sign a contract, break your knee the next day, and you still get that 10-year, $250 million contract. It's it's totally terrible for the owners, and it really hurts the fan base because those type of contracts cripple teams and then hurt fans for – hurt that fan base by crippling the team for years and years and years. Yeah. So I'm ready to become a baseball fan mm. once the league gets to the point where I can – enjoy the sport you know there are in there are uh, independent leagues jesse yeah well that's that's what i was wondering like if i become a tacoma rainiers fan is it still the same that's major league baseball Uh, yeah i don't know i'm just a rainiers fan i guess i guess the uh the the bend growlers are going to be an independent team (laughs) yeah all right. Yeah, support your local craft. But yeah, that Jordan writes a bus. It's a thirty for thirty. It's streaming on Netflix, and it was—it's really well made, man. I love the thirty for thirties. And then I watched one that was really—it was a stinker. Well, well, they're mostly good. Yeah, they're mostly good. But I watched the one that was about like the O.J. Simpson chase day. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you watch that one? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, the it filmmaker seemed like a crack addict. Well, you know, they're not every Judge Judy episode is a ten out of ten. 
You take that back. <laughs> Vice Echo Reco this week is going to be California burritos. And I think that, uh, so the first thing we did when we got to San Diego is we went to my favorite taco shop from when I was in college and I ordered a California burrito and uh, everybody behind me, Jordy ordered one, Jim ordered one, and then Aaron ordered one. And then when Aaron came and sat down and he's like, so what is in a California burrito? And I told him and he's like, I thought that like, since you were from Seattle, you would try to eat like healthy food. And I was like, Aaron, no, you don't eat healthy at all. Well, I eat healthy normally, but the only, now no, the, you don't. now the only time, now, yeah, I do. Like in my normal life, I eat pretty healthy now, but in my okay. normal life, that's, that's your wife's doing. If you, yeah, if no, you absolutely. Left to your own devices. No, absolutely. It's my wife's doing. But so now the only time I eat junk food is when I go hang out with you guys. Mm. So a California burrito is a carne asada burrito. With all the fixins, plus French fries wrapped up in a tortilla, and it what? is that sounds disgusting. It's amazingly delicious. I don't want French fries in my burrito. It's so good. That's blasphemy. It's so good. No. Everybody had one, and everybody loved it. No, no. This is why you needed me there. I'm the voice of reason. No way. There's no way you're talking me out of a California burrito. It's one of my favorite things I've ever eaten in my life. Okay. And you and you can't knock it before you try it, dude. You're being pre-judgmental. This is not boding well for Jesse's judgment. Hey, that's that's a that's a segment. That's the first segment of the show is the pre-judgmental. Yeah, the judgmental where, portion where I, uh, I I do my initial verdict and then I see the case and then I see if my pre-judgment holds up or not. Bailiff, barrister, Bobby. <laughs> Could you please hand me the pre-judgment papers? <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks for sticking with us this week. And uh, sorry about last week, but uh, hopefully we brought you a good hour and a half of listening happiness to your eardrums. Uh, please remember to keep in touch. And until next week, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. Thank <laughs> you.